Welcome to the You Got This podcast, featuring authors Donnie and Sandy. We invite you to settle in, open your hearts and minds, and be inspired to trust and present hope in the Lord. When you allow Him to lead the way, you got this. Hey, welcome back, guys. This is an uh, awesome episode of uh, You Got This with your host, Sandy and Donnie, your New Life Ministries. And we got a special guest for you today. We promised it to you three weeks ago, and here we go today. We have a very special guest. Her name is Laura Beth Ryan, the owner of operator of Cheerful Hearts Ministries. I'm going to give you a short bio of who she is right now. And the title of this episode is Resiliency Factor, How to Overcome Your Toughest Challenges with Grits, uh, grits and Grace. And uh, her bio here is Laura Beth Ryan. She is the owner, like I said, of Cheerful Hearts Ministries, a company created to inspire, educate, and empower women. She is an international empowerment coach, speaker, and author with over 25 years of experience in personal, professional, and spiritual growth. She helps high-achieving professional women who are overwhelmed and unfulfilled to minimize their stress, simplify their lives, and overcome their toughest challenges with grit and grace. So has overcome spinal injury that left her bedridden for over 10 years, then rose up to severe satellitic disease. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong. And most recently won two-year battle with breast cancer, known as the Queen of Resilience. Laura Beth shares her powerful story with you today. So good afternoon, Laura Beth, and uh, welcome to You Got This. Hi, Donnie and Sandy, and thank y'all so much for having me. I'm excited to be on your show and help your listeners know that they've got it. <laughs> that is awesome. Yes, um, I, listeners, I have known uh, Laura Beth for many years, and I've always been impressed by her story, and she is the queen of resilience. Uh, she has one thing after another that's been hitting her, especially lately with her health, and she does not let her it stop her. And she keeps her faith and her trust in the Lord. And so since this season is a season of discovery, um, her story can really encourage you and give you some hope for your own story of how you can stay in faith, keep trusting God, keep persevering, and never give up. We can't let the devil win because when we give up, he wins. And as long as we're still going, we're winning. We're victorious. So welcome to the show, Laura Beth. Thank you so much, Sandy. Um, as you said uh, to your listeners, we've known each other, um, I think, at least 10 years now. And um, I also, you know, admire your prolific writing and your heart and your passion for God. Well, thank you very much. So why don't we begin and um, tell our listeners how your journey began? Well, um, I'll tell you, it's, it's a long journey and I'll do my best to, um, uh, you know, keep it as concise as possible for your listeners. Um, but it really started um, the, the, the journey of learning about resilience and, and how to become, un, you know, have that unstoppable spirit in the Lord was when I had an injury. Uh, it all started when I had an injury that left me bedridden. I had four small children at the time. Um, eight and under, and I had already had a car accident. And then, and then in an instant, when I had bent over to pick up one of my children, I tore ligaments and 
literally um, was like had two dislocated hips. They said there was nothing they could do. The doctors offered no hope. And it was, it was devastating. I, I had to go to bed with pillows um, propped up. That was the only way that could help with the uh, chronic pain, nerve pain that was, that was there. And I could no longer walk. I could no longer care for myself or my children. So I sunk really low at the time. And I, I literally hang, hung on to my faith literally by a, by a thread at that time. Wow, wow. Now, during that time, were you married? I was. I had a husband. Um, you know, he was a good provider financially. I actually helped him grow his, um, uh, help start and grow a business, uh, computer business to a six-figure business. And um, I was a very active hands-on mom. I was always, always do, going and doing with four boys, you can imagine. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so it was devastating to the whole family because my role of being able to run around and being this, you know, Susie homemaker type, you know, with the picket fence. I mean, I dreamed of the whole hands-on. I wanted this perfect family um, and actually goes back further to my childhood. I had, I had a very dysfunctional and emotion neglectful childhood. So I had such a deep desire to be, um, really this perfect person and mother. And I didn't know it at the time that I, it was my subconscious that I pushed myself too hard. I pushed my body too hard and I didn't, didn't take care of myself. And because I gave of myself to everybody and kept um, going beyond what my body's limits were, that's when the devastation occurred. But it's also when God got a hold of me in a whole new way. So let me ask you a question. When this journey began, when the injury first happened, where were you on your faith journey? I was actually a strong Christian. Um, I know a lot of people, they will say, you know, they found God in their, at, you know, when they hit rock bottom or their hardest time. Well, I had been saved since I was 17 and Jesus really saved my life because, because of that hurt and depression from the rejection of being disowned when I left home at 16, um, I was, if I hadn't met Christ and had the hope and the knowing that he loved me, um, you know, I don't know where I would be right now. Well, uh, even from way back then I dealt with depression and anxiety. Um, uh, I just didn't realize it. And so, um, uh, the hope came in the, in the, the, the time that I would, that when that happened, I, I could, didn't understand it, Sandy. I was, I was crying out to God. I was like, God, I don't understand. I was serving him in the church. Um, I was the one that took my neighbor's meals. You know, like I was always outreaching, trying to get people to understand, you know, know Jesus. So it really made no sense to me at, at the time why I was just really taken out of life and confined to a, a bed and four walls. Now, did your marriage suffer during all this? Oh, big time, big time. Yes. Um, first of all, in the early, in the beginning, I, I sunk to such low depression um, because I, I felt like a, I just felt like an utter failure. Um, everything that I did in my perfectionism and trying to, you know, be this mother that never stopped um, and to give of myself so much, you know, cooking and cleaning and, and trying to make sure that everything was, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't healthy. I just didn't know at the time, but, um, the, the depression hit and I felt like, like I said, just worthless. 
And those feelings of worthlessness were already deep within me. But anybody that would lose everything would be depressed. But I even went, I believe, lower just because I already had low self-esteem. Everything that my, everything that I did was more like to everything I tried to achieve. Like I was a very high achiever. And so everything I tried to achieve really was to prove myself. And I really didn't know how much God loved me. I mean, I knew it intellectually, but I didn't know it in my heart. So <clears throat> to answer your question, my, my, my husband and I, our marriage suffered. Um, I did go to counseling therapy to um, pull out of it. And he did go, but he never accepted it. He never um, in, in accepted the disability, nor did he accept. He really didn't believe it. Um, I'm not sure why, because all the doctors, you know, uh, confirmed it, but he, he just was very, um, of course, unhappy and he didn't get the help. So where I turned to God, he turned to alcohol. And so things got really bad um, in the that marriage. Sound, that sounds so much like what I went through when I was going through my uh, years with migraines, which I still suffer from today. Mm. Same thing happened to me. My mm. ex didn't believe a word I was saying, wouldn't listen to the doctor's. Finally, she left me and left my car on the side of the road. I had to have my dad go back and get it. And she left, she bailed on me. Mm. And I slipped into a depression. I had to go back and live with my father. Mm-hmm. And I, I tried to collect on disability. Of course, they said, well, you're a guy. You, you just got migraines. You ain't got no disabilities. And totally messed mm. up. Mm. So I slipped into a depression, too. And through that depression, my grandmother helped bring me to God. And lo and behold, mm. I met the love of my life today oh wow i'm so, so I glad i can relate to that i can absolutely yeah. relate to that. so you, you, Laura you Beth, sure can. Mm-hmm. Um, as i'm listening to your story it reminds me of gideon you know i really love that story because well where your faith was a little bit better but you still had to learn just how much God loves you. And so did Gideon. He, so did the tribe that he came from. That was this one of the smallest and they had the Midianites coming up against them and they came out with like 30,000 people to fight up against them. And God reduced them down to 300. Yes. He wanted to show them that he was the one that was going to win the victory Mm. so he could show them just how much he loved them and it seems like i'm seeing a little bit of that in your story you know that's a really good analogy um yeah sometimes you know god can um we don't understand right we want to understand but it's beyond our comprehension like why would he lessen the army right you think you need more so there are going to be times and i'm sure your listeners whoever's going through a hard time maybe their life on the outside looks great like maybe things are going well financially or you know in the typical what the world would call success but yet inwardly there's there's so many people who are hurting but that, that they mask it and um what I went through those 10 years, God really did a work in me. Um, that's where cheerful hearts began, Sandy. Um, I heard the words, you know, cheerful hearts from Proverbs seven twenty two. a cheerful heart is good medicine. And at the time I knew somehow it's going to encourage and uplift people. I just was like, how Lord, this makes no sense. I am in a bed. 
how can I reach anybody? And I am, uh, I was terribly depressed when I got this calling. How am I going to cheer people up? You know, it didn't make sense. But then as the journey progressed, God used uh, really Joyce Meyer tremendously in my life. I listened to her every day and I read her books on the battlefield of the mind. And that's where I learned the coolest thing is that God created our minds to be so powerful that what we think about and what we, when we choose what we think about, we can completely change our perspective. And so I literally had to, after, you know, going to therapy, learning to accept it, I had to make this decision. And the decision that changed everything was that I woke up and I just said, you know what, Lord, if I'm in the bed for the rest of my life, like the doctors are saying, um, I had to find my why and to hang on. And my why was my children, because I, I was like, I'm going to be the best mom I can be from a bed. And I learned to be creative and I learned, and I had to literally change my attitude. It was a choice. It was, a, it was an emotional and mental choice. And I said, I am going to choose joy. And really that changed everything. Would you say that changed your marriage and did it save it? It did not. It changed my perspective and helped me to live a life of joy and lessen my stress and learn how to maximize uh, my life to delegate. It taught me a lot. Um, but unfortunately, like I said, um, because I was the one who did all the cooking and the cleaning um, and, and that type of thing, and I couldn't do that anymore. Um, and of course I needed care. Uh, my ex-husband, uh, he did, you know, he did try. He did in the beginning, especially, um, but it was just too much. It was too much for him. And unfortunately, um, like I said, he turned angry and bitter and I got the brunt of it. And, um, I really, when the kids were little, I was able to manage everything. I learned how to, you know, my, the, the living room became the bedroom. Uh, the bedroom became the living room. I did all their book, all their homework. We watched shows, we played games. So they had my time and attention. And I learned that was the most important thing a child needs is your love, time and attention. So I started to feel good about myself. We got help in the house. I was starting to, um, God was working in me and healing me internally so that, and he was giving me all these words that were bubbling up all the time that ended up turning into uh, the Cheerful Hearts greeting card and gift line um, eventually. And so as I'm progressing and growing in the Lord and I'm, I'm holding on to my faith and God's doing an inner work, he again was just burying himself in work and alcohol. So it came to a point, unfortunately, uh, right as I was at the peak of finally, you know, um, I managed to partner with an illustrator. I was just so happy. I, I, I launched uh, Cheerful Hearts in my girlfriend's home um, and did my first speaking event there and uh, the grand opening. And, and, and from there, um, he got angrier, I guess, because I, he didn't, he didn't turn to God. So the marriage did end abruptly. And um, I actually became quite abusive and I had to flee the marriage. And I ended up um, with in Texas about 13 years ago with nothing but a suitcase to my name. Yes. Um, yeah, once you, th you know, you thought you had the, the, um, worst of it, right. With just with mm -hmm. the in itself mm -hmm. and wow. Then the enemy, you know, throws something out at you. So, well, you know, she's not losing her faith in this. Let me try this. Let me throw this at her. Oh, you are so right, Sandy, because he did such a work in me. And I knew that 
the same compassion that he gave me, he wanted me to share with the world and his love. And so the enemy did have it out for me. And my family was everything to me. You, I mean, because it would be everything to everybody, but because of what I shared about my earlier past, um, it meant everything to me. And I tried so hard. I read every book I I you know, um, tried to be the best wife I could be and the best mother I could be. And in the early years, the boys were so compassionate. And I thought, well, they're going to be compassionate towards other people. Um, but because of the bitterness, as they became teenagers, you know, you need both people to support you, right? You need the husband, especially with boys. I was the disciplinarian. I was the one who pretty much oversaw everything with them and made sure everything was okay. Um, but yeah, it broke my heart, Sandy. I mean, when I came to Texas, um, and this is what I want your listeners to know, there is a time where God says, it's okay, you gotta, you gotta grieve. We can't always be positive and happy. We have to be real. And so I grieved and I really fought for the boys. I really thought that if I came here, you know, I could get myself situated and then win partial custody because I still had two boys at home. One was 13 and 15. The other ones were grown. Um, and so they, uh, by their fathers said, if you know, you leave me, you will have nothing to do with these boys. And so I didn't believe that would happen. I don't think I would have left, but yes, the enemy used my deepest need, which is for family and love and tried to destroy me. You're absolutely right. And it did for a while. Cheerful hearts had to be put on hold. And I want your listeners to know that if you go through something, it's okay to take a break and a pause. It doesn't mean it's the end. It just means it's a pause. That's right. Because God says in Philippians, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. And he will do it. And it's okay to cry because we're made in the image of Christ. We're made in his image. Uh, God created us, you know, in his image. It says that in the word. And then he had emotions. And there was, you can even read in the Bible when someone was upset that it says Jesus wept. Okay. I know. I know. And it's, you know what, Sandy, it's, it's sad to me. There's a lack within the church to address mental illness, depression, anxiety, PTS, um, you know, all of those type of things, um, or alcoholism, you know, any of the, when, when, when people are hurting, they need help. Um, even if it's just a stressed out, overwhelmed, high achieving woman, which I was, but you, you think you have to do it all on your own. And what God showed me, and also what I want your listeners to to know that one of the people ask me like what's one of the biggest factors that, that helped me be resilient and that you need support we cannot do it alone we god created us to need each other and to need help you know to to get support so i tell you i reached out after therapy um i reached out to my own life coach who was in immeasurable uh i can't even explain she was invaluable help to me um, just to be a listening ear and to help me overcome the obstacles and blocks that I couldn't do on my own. It helped me so much. And so one of the biggest things that's important for every listener to know, whoever you are, is that please don't keep it all inside. Don't think you have to have it all together, that you can reach out for support and you will grow exponentially. That's right. And it says that in the Bible that to do that, actually, and that's what we're supposed to be, because we are the hands, we are the feet, we are the heart, and we're the voice of Jesus Christ, that 
through, you know, his Holy Spirit in us, he is reaching out and every person that shows love, it's God showing his love to you listeners through these people. It says it in second Corinthians, I believe, uh, chapter one, verse three, it says um, that we comfort others with the comfort that we ourselves receive from God. And so it's, it's okay to reach out and to talk. It's okay to trust but just make sure you watch who you're talking to. Yes. Uh, because if you want to stay in faith, uh, you do want to talk to someone that, within the Christian community because you don't want to be taken away from your faith. You want to be drawn closer to. Yes. Well, when you said you, when you got to Texas, what yes. helped you when you got here? So, I'm sorry. Say that one more time. What, what life changing event? happen to texas to make you go back and relaunch cheerful hearts because you said you had to take a break from it yes so i did i i did uh, what Um, event made you restart it well i knew i tell you i believe god gave me cheerful hearts for me people always tell me you know i'm an inspiration and i just feel like it's people inspire me all the time and i believe god gave me cheerful hearts because he knew i needed something to hang on to to hope. So I knew that God gave me this. I had already had the greeting card and gift line, and I actually was in school for coaching as well. The coach who coached me um, took me on as a, um, oh, my mind just went blank, apprentice. <laughs> and and so, um, and then of course I was also speaking. So I knew God gave me these talents. I knew he gave me this message of hope and not just, uh, but also to educate people um, and to uh, be that support for others. So, and then the word and the cards and the greeting cards were so powerful, uh, such a powerful message of, especially speak to people who are hurting um, that necessarily isn't already out there to speak to their pain. So because I had that hope, I knew I had to first get my life together, my own life together before I could go help anybody else. So I continued, um, I found new treatment that actually there was already hope on the horizon. I had known about this treatment and advancement that might get me better. And um, I had some family out here that, cause I had to have full-time caregiving. But after about six months, um, I got new treatment that um, helped. And then um, I moved out on my own. I had uh, looked into every resource possible so that I could make it on my own and then rebuild cheerful hearts. So I went to a place called um, DARS and they believed in me and my, and what I was trying to do. So um, after, after a few years and the grieving and I ended up, I kept hoping and working on the family and the marriage, but when that failed and I did the work of grieving and healing um, and also figuring out why it is that I allowed myself to take so much emotional abuse, I had to do inner work to make sure I didn't repeat that. Um, So I worked on myself, did all that, but Cheerful Hearts was always there, Donnie. It was like a seed so deep inside of me that I could never let it go. So um, we, we have some listeners out there, and I know we have a few that are going through something really horrific in their life, and maybe they're going through something with uh, their own personal marriage, um, and they're feeling like they're just overwhelming, and they're about to mm-hmm. cram. Okay, what is the first thing? Because sometimes I like to tell people, uh, um, stop, pause, and pray. Stop, mm. take a breath. 
and then pray. You don't have uh-huh. to always do things immediately. And the enemy wants to try to make us rush. We got to hurry up and do this. We got to do this. But no, it's okay to take is to pause a minute and take a breath and pray. Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 46. Yes. What is your and- advice to tell them? Well, um, I would tell them exactly what you just said. First, stop and um, don't feel like you have to fix it right now. That is our inclination, especially if you're a, a high achieving person um, like myself. And, and then you need to slow down. Truthfully, one of the biggest secrets that people could do right away is to slow down. Um, I was forced to slow down with my condition and God even gave me a poem called slow down, which is one of our kind of universal bestsellers. Um, because if we slow down, we slow down our bodies and our minds. It does allow us to get still. It allows us to hear God and it allows us to him to minister us and to rest in him. Nice. Now, are you on the fast track of recovery? Are you out of the woods? Uh, what's your status now? Well, um, I, it's been a journey. It's been a healing journey. Um, I did go get that one procedure. And when I did get that procedure, I stood up for the first time in 10 years straight and walked a little bit. And I tell you, it was miraculous. I thought I would just be on a steady path up from there, but it wasn't. It was up and down. But my quality of life compared to being bedridden, I was able to now get to church, get out maybe three times a week. Um, I had to pace myself. I still had, you know, to use a chair and rest a lot, but the quality of life improved so much. And then once I got out of toxic environment, it also allows your body to heal when you're not in that toxic environment. So I started back with cheerful hearts. I got the greeting card in line going again. I started speaking, um, sharing my message of hope and resilience and, you know, um, uh, ended up really sort of evolving into really specializing in women, um, high achieving professional women ended up being the, the clients that um, with coaching that I started getting. And what, what the key thing that I found was that it doesn't matter who you are, especially women, they have this deep feeling of they're not good enough. And I'm talking about women who are in the world's eyes successful. And so I, 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 um, you know, I continue to get better physically, but I had to battle inwardly as well that I am enough exactly as I am. And so is everybody else. That is a very strong message that so many women that are in the high, high world that you're in, the high striving world, that's yes. pretty much dominated by men, feel so yeah. insecure because they're around men all the time. But they got to remember that we're not, men are nothing without the women. Yeah, right. You're absolutely right. Yes. And I I love hearing that from another man, you know, but you're right. It's just a fact of life because half the time we men are going to the kitchen. Hey, honey, I thought we had bread in here. She said, did you do a man look or what? It's right. (laughs) That is universal, Donnie. Universal. Every single time. Did you do a man look or did you look? It's so funny, Sandy. I didn't know that you did that too, but yeah, I I would call it man looking because 
I will do that to my husband, Kevin, who is my now husband, who is that awesome. Is and so I, funny. And he will go, I'll say, can you go check on that? And he'll look and I'll have to get in my chair and go, I'm so honey. He goes, did you put that there? <laughs> it's right in front of his face. So funny. Every well, time. <laughs> um, I have to really commend Laura Beth. Uh, she mentioned that her ex-husband turned to alcohol. Well, my ex-husband was an alcoholic and, um, you know, we had to part ways. I didn't believe in divorce, but people, um, you know, God doesn't believe in divorce, but he also doesn't want you to be involved with someone who's abusing you because the, the word of God, if you read in Ephesians chapter five, it tells about husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Wife, be submissive to your husbands as to the Lord. See, there's where the thing is, as to uh -huh. the Lord, as Christ uh -huh. loved the church. And so um, the Lord wouldn't be beaten on you. Uh, the Lord wouldn't be wanting you women to do anything that's illegal or um, that is against God's will uh, or in anything that is impure. And he, so there, there is where there's a difference. And he says, yes, he did allow it for marital unfaithfulness. And so a former pastor of mine helped me to understand that marital unfaithfulness is not just, uh, you know, uh, having an affair. Marital mm. unfaithfulness is anything that is being unfaithful to your wife. And that's, and that is not loving her as Christ loved the church. Wow. So, that's really powerful, Sandy. Yeah, and I'm glad yeah. that, that he told you that because it is very difficult as a Christian uh, because we do believe so much in our vows, right? And we do want, we know that's the ultimate, what God wants. He hates, it says he hates divorce. He doesn't hate us. And I see, we can see why he hates divorce because it, it causes division. It causes so much pain. Um, but there's just some times where like yourself and myself, um, you don't have a choice. You have to escape for your own sanity's sake. Right. And that's what I did. I had to leave because I was losing my identity. And so yes. for such a long time, I had so much fear in me that God had to heal me. And he, you know, I went through a lot. And Laura Beth, I don't know if you remember this, but I even came to you as a life coach. And your mm -hmm. positive affirmations really helped. And I think that goes back to Romans, uh, uh, what is it, 1017? That it says, faith comes by hearing and mm. by the word of God. So if you speak it out, it gets into your heart. So Amen. those Tell our listeners about how they can even do it right from their homes, these positive affirmations. Well, you know, it's so amazing how God designed us. Um, I learned a lot about psychology, a lot about the brain um, and our mindset. So another key factor for resilience is, is working on your mindset, just like you said. And, and a big part of that is literally reprogramming our brain. It's so exciting to me when I read and learn that literally like our brain has all these neuro pathways and it can, it literally physically can change. So if you have these old unhealthy patterns and you're, and you don't realize it's like 90% uh, of our actions are subconscious. People aren't even aware of the patterns. So what we have to do is shift that and we can't just deny it. Like, like some people will just, okay. For instance, I say, um, well, when I went through breast cancer, I was really losing my confidence because everything once again was stripped from me. And then I lost the use of my arms. Another devastating 
you know, horrible thing. And then cheerful hearts had to be put on hold again. And so what did I have to do? I had to use what I had to do is, is, is pull up those scriptures and pull up what I knew God said about me. And so here's one thing they can do right now. Your listeners, I want you to go, okay, this might be my reality. Whatever your reality is, I am overwhelmed. I am stressed out. My family's falling apart. Everybody's fighting. Um, I'm not at peace. I don't understand. I'm a Christian. I'm not at peace. I'm working hard. You know, I'm, I'm striving for the American dream, but I'm not at peace internally. And so what you can do right now is say, here's one of the things you can do to sort of flip the script in your brain. And as you start saying these things and as you start literally committing to saying these things what happens is the neuroplasty in your brain changes and you actually start to believe it in the beginning you're not going to believe it but in as you continue to say it you literally are changing your brain cells and your 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 mindset and that is going to give you the courage you need to keep going forward so here's one really good one and it's um this may be my reality right now this is the reality, but the truth is, and then you counter, what is the truth? What does the word of God say? The truth is I am a child of God and God desires good things for me. And even though my reality looks like this, I am believing God that all things are possible. So they can just say that one affirmation and they don't have to say it exactly like I say it. They can tweak it to whatever speaks exactly to them. And then when they do that, and they say it regularly, just that one thing, they're going to become empowered internally. That is pretty cool. Now, did I hear you say earlier that you're remarried? I am. I am. That's a great part of the story is that um, after, you know, I got better, I got independent, I got, got my feet back on the ground and did a lot of healing. Uh, Cheerful Hearts was back and, you know, flourishing. I decided it's time to date. Because I knew I had a lot of love to give. And even though I had limitations and I still had to be in a wheelchair a lot and rest a lot in bed, I thought, you know what? I have a lot to offer somebody because God had done such a work in me that, that I learned our worth is not what we do, but it's, it's, it's our who. And I knew he had love inside of me that he gave me to give to others. And I didn't want to be alone. I wanted to share it with somebody. So um, it's a miracle. I went on Christian Mingle. Um, this was before, I don't even know, uh, like I think 11 years ago now. And, um, he was my very first, uh, connection. I was his very first connection. Neither one of us were like the type to just go date or get online. And, um, but we both happened to, and his, uh, his profile said water is a blessing. And when I saw that, it just drew me right to him because one of the best things and my favorite things to do is be in the water because I can move freely in the water. I swim and, and, and dance and like all the, the injury and everything, it does not affect it in the water. So when I saw, when I saw that, I was like, okay. So we met, we became the best of friends. He's a strong Christian and he really did not care that I had, you know, limitations. He just, he did it. He just completely didn't care. He heard my story. He said, wow, you're, he, he believed I was strong. And he said, you know, don't let me ever mess with you when he heard what I had overcome. And, um, he also believed in my business, like how you came along and you and you and Sandy joined together. Mm -hmm. Um, he, he believed in cheerful hearts. He had, he has such a heart for people. And so he came alongside of me and he's now the CEO of the company. And my, I wouldn't be where I am without him today. 
Well, you know, that is so much like my own story that um, I started doing those positive affirmations. And one of my favorite is when I get afraid, because that's the biggest thing with me. A, okay. a friend of mine who was very helpful uh, when I was still living with my ex and I was just dealing with all all that. And uh, she was actually instrumental in me receiving the Lord because I grew up a Catholic. Mm. Uh, she told me, she said, Satan knows your weaknesses and he'll use them over and over again. Mm. Uh, and, and so I found that to be true because he'll use different situations, but he'll still be trying to instill the same thing with me. It was fear. And I had such a strong root of fear in me. Mm. He also told me, don't leave, don't have any secrets. That means, and don't have any, don't have a past because if secrets can be told and the enemy will use them against you in the most inopportune moments. And so uh, it was the one thing that really stuck out with me is this, okay, he keeps building this fear inside of me, using the same thing over and over again, different situations. Yeah. So, um, you know, when I was speaking to you and you were telling me about the positive affirmations, the one thing that kept sticking out to me is I trust you, Jesus. And sometimes mm -hmm. I have to say that over and over and over again, but after a while it helps because listeners, Satan cannot read your mind, but he can hear what you are speaking. Stop giving him ammunition. Stop it. Stop mm -hmm. talking trash and stop giving him ammunition to use against you and he's not going to stick around and praise God with you. God inhabits the praises of his people. That's Psalm 22, 3. And so as Laura Bess is saying, you can speak positive affirmations. That really does help. And as she was saying, basically, she's saying in a nutshell, you can train your brain. Yes, yes, you, you really can. And I'm so glad um, you brought that up, Sandy, because that is one powerful tool. Um, one of the keys to resilient, to become resilient, to overcome your challenges is taking control of your mind. It's your mindset. And like you said, you don't, you want to, you want to be real, right? With somebody, but then once you get it out, then you need to go, okay, how can I shift this? And how can I turn this around? Because there's power in the spoken word. Right. And what you guys talk about this perfect verse that Sandy just handed to me. She handed it to me about five minutes ago, but I wanted to get your uh, rebuilt marriage in there. But um, the second Corinthians 10, five is a perfect verse for this. Uh, it says we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God and take it. And we take it captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Mm. That's perfect. Yes. About speaking and affirmations and yes. thoughts. Why can't thoughts? Nobody wants to be around negative people. Nobody wants you're, to be around negative people. You're right. And I and you know, Johnny, because you were in the pit of depression for a while. No one wants to be around you. It's no fun. Nope. And you can under you can understand it. And um, you know, no, you're right. And so positivity, um, and and how you how do you get positive as well? Here's another key to resilience. Uh, one of the main keys is gratitude. There is always something to be grateful for. When I was in that bed or when I was in this recliner chair for two years, stuck, not able to use my arms again because of the breast cancer, um, what, how, did, how did I get past it? Well, 
again, one is reaching out for support. I, I rehired my life coach to see me through it because I needed to talk. I needed an outside person to help support me and keep me accountable and, and help me, um, encourage me through that, through the darkest times. And then, um, because uh, when you're in the pit, it's a lot easier on the outside looking in. But when you're in the pit, it's very hard to do it on your own. Um, and then also the busy women. They're so busy, they don't stop. They keep running on that treadmill that gets nowhere, right? Where their wheels are spinning and nothing's happening. And so to keep positive, what you have to do is, again, slow down. Then you got to truly mindfully, and this comes back to the mind, you, I couldn't control my outside circumstances. I couldn't control my physical body limitations. The only thing I can control and the only thing everyone can control is our mind. We can all control our mind. And so the gratitude and truly focusing on something grateful. So what did I do when I was in bed all those years? I had to switch that and choose joy. And I said, okay, I have a bed. There's people in other countries that don't even have a bed to sleep in. I'll be grateful that the pain is under control. Some people have this horrific nerve pain that is like suicide pain, they call it, this nerve pain. It's not normal. It, it, every cell in your body is like on fire. And so thankfully with rest, it went away from me. Now there's other people that it doesn't. So I, I, I grabbed at anything I could be grateful for. I thought I have children, I have a family. I have a husband. At the time I was grateful that my husband was helping with the children and that we had the finances to bring help in the house. So I, and of course I was just grateful to God that I had God and a television that I could watch Joyce Myers. There's so many things I could have just dwelt on the fact that I was stuck in a bed or later with this, um, uh, what do you call it? The, the breast cancer, even celiac disease. I had to overcome that. And you have to consciously look for the positive. And when you, when you, when you change your heart and have a grateful heart on purpose, your spirit is renewed. Exactly. So Sandy tried to tell me every day when I get depressed, when I go to the gas station, I think present <laughs> when you pump in the gas <laughs> And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work because I'm just sitting there crying as my dollar bills are just going into the gas tank. Look, there's some things that you're not going to be able to switch, okay? Yeah. Oh, trust me. It, it, but we, we try to live by God's example and saying, this is, look, I just think of all oh, wonderful thoughts. Just think how we're going to help today. Honey, I don't like what you're saying is, but you're right. I don't like it, but you're right. Right, right. But you, that's what our helpmates are for, right? To, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Where the yeah. enemy will take it one way, God will put it back in another way. And so yes. he always does. So tell yes. our listeners some other ways, uh, some other keys to resilience and how, um, you know, they can, you know, uh, choose joy for them in At their situations. Absolutely. Well, again, I'm going to go over the three points and I'm going to tell them right now, one thing that they can do because I have this, because I'll give you an example of a high, one of my high achieving women clients. She was, um, she's an incredible woman. She's a, a ophthalmologist was running a practice with her husband's support, had two small children, um, and was successful. But when she hired me, she was like, why is it so hard? I don't understand. Like, I've got everything I want, 
but I'm not happy. She didn't have a, a piece because life was too going too fast. And so um, I created what I did for, for her and for others. And people can, um, your listeners can go right now to my website. I created a PDF called um, Seven Keys to Less Stress and More Joy. And they can get that right at www.cheerfulhearts.com. Um, it's free to everybody. And if they read that, um, it's just a nice little e-report, very concise, but with incredible tools and tips and ways to shift it. One of the ways is, you know how, I don't know if you caught yourself this doing this, Sandy, but I, I do this. And I don't know if I said they go to www.cheerfulhearts.com, but they can download that right from the homepage. They just pop in their email and do that. But um, one of the things in there that even helped me, and I'll give you an example. Um, this helped me when um, when I lost the use of my arms and because my hips are much better, but I still have to use my arms to transfer and to get into bed and get out of bed and, and all of that. Um, well, I couldn't get in the bed anymore because I'm short and I couldn't push myself up with my arms. And I kept saying to my husband, and I was in horrific nerve pain. My, my disc clept, collapsed in my neck. Both shoulders were, all the ligaments were, um, it was horrible. I was in, again, terrible nerve pain. And I just kept saying, it's so hard. It's so hard. And I caught myself, if we listen to ourselves, if we slow down enough and listen to what we're saying, we can catch ourselves. So I caught myself constantly saying, it's so hard. I couldn't get into our vehicle. I was like, it's so hard. So you know what I did? I went, okay, one of the things in my article, in my own article, you know, I'm my first client, right? I always have to work on myself first. And I said, Oh, so one of the keys is instead of saying it's so hard, if it's easy. And I was like, but it doesn't feel easy. But I started doing it. I flipped the script. And in that PDF, I was like, okay, I remember that. So I said, life is easy. Life is easy. And you know what it did is it made my mind go in the direction of what can I do to make it easier? So we got a little step stool, little teeny couple inches. It made all the difference. So I still have to use that to get in and out of bed, but it's much easier. And so then I looked for other things, like I got a Bluetooth, you, you know, you look for this, it helps you, you look for the solution. So instead of the problem, one of the keys to resiliency is look for the solution. And it's hard to do on your own. So that that second key again is, it's crucial is getting support, hire a life coach, talk to a friend, um, but make sure, like Sandy said, it's someone you trust, you feel safe with, that you can share your vulnerability abilities because if you share with the wrong person it's going to crush your spirit but if you share it with the right person they're going to give you the tools they're going to give the encouragement love the motivation to move forward in life exponentially that is awesome that is awesome well you know you, uh, you have a new husband now then he treats you great um you know god has got such a sense of humor i had so much issues with fear and then for six months prior to meeting donnie i kept hearing step into the unknown step into the unknown and then at a speaking event um you know by uh, the person helping me sell my books while well, she was I had to, she couldn't make it that day. And the one lady who hired me said, I have someone who'll step in. Well, she gave me a word of God, word of knowledge that God was going to send someone into my life to love me. Oh, like, wow. Uh, I deserve to be loved, right? 
Well, then mm -hmm. I never knew it was going to be online because here I am so controlling, right? Right. You know, because yes, your thing going on. And, you know, if I control things and I wouldn't get hurt and he's right. step into the unknown. So, I mean, God's got a sense of humor. And so he just throws me right into doing something that I would never in my life do is meet somebody online. <laughs> I remember, I remember when you told me, I was like, wait a minute, you just talked to him, he's in another state, and like, very quickly, you're going to get married, I was concerned for you, like, are you sure? <laughs> That's awesome, so, you know, God is constantly surprising us if we trust him, so, you're right, you're right, you and he wants to break changes come about in your life, that getting your, you know, getting married again, it didn't stop there, you're Correct. getting your children back, tell our listeners, um, say that one more time. The last Tell the question um, about your children coming back to you. Oh, well, that one's tough. That one's, that one's a very painful thing because actually, um, to this day, only one of them talks to me. So three out of the four boys completely cut me off. No matter what I did, I sent cards, I sent letters. I tried to call, you know, their therapist that they were like, I did everything possible to reach them. And unfortunately, because they, they, you know, they believed a lot of the lies. They, their father told them it was horrible. They told them, he told, told them I didn't want to be a mother and that I wasn't really, you know, I left and I was, instead of being happy that I was better and could walk some, they just, you know, they believed his lies that, that I just faked it all these years and that I just didn't want to be a mother, which is crazy and so hurtful to them. And then, of course, they have abandonment issues because I had to move to another state, even though I told them and they were in contact with me. Um, they just they hardened their heart, just like their father. And they took his example. And so I think thank God if awesome because you got one back in your life. And so God's not finished yet. Well, I, I pray so. I tell you, the, the one son, if he I just thank God that he never stopped talking to me. He was the oldest. And the thing is, God will give you what you need, but not always what you want. You know, I needed that connection and, and thank God he never cut me off. Like we had talks and he didn't like what I was saying, but I was able to present my side and um, he loved, you know, loved us both, which all children should. And um, so over the years, you know, I was so hopeful that the others would come around. It's been, gosh, 13 years now. And for 10 years, I mean, I cried every year you know, at certain days and holidays and birthdays. And I finally had to let go and trust, okay, God, they're grown men now. And I still pray for them. And I trust, I'm just trusting God that one day he'll break through their hardened hearts and they'll find him. But my one son, Joseph, who thank God he didn't cut me off. He got married to a beautiful uh, woman from Thailand. And now I have the most beautiful uh, gift of all and thank god i didn't give up right and i hung on because now i have this love of my granddaughter um her name is jolie and she's the light of my life and i just you know that pain is still there but god softens it with other other ways to show us he loves us and other people like my granddaughter oh that's that's thing uh you never know what god has in store for you or your family so we pray that your other son's We'll find out what exactly is going on now. Maybe your oldest son will relay messages to him, and maybe it'll turn around eventually. But in finishing, are there any more key factors that you could tell our listeners? And within that, 
Could you repeat your website so people can uh, uh, find your website? Uh, you said it was Triple Hearts. Is that, is that spelled out? Sure. Or? Yeah, cheerful, C-H-E-E-R-F-U-L, hearts, plural, so H-E-A-R-T-S, dot com. Okay. So um, I have a really special offer today for your listeners. So everybody can go to www.triplearts.com and receive my free PDF download. All you do is put your email in and you will get that. And then you'll continue to get, I have a Brilliance and Resilience newsletter. You'll continue to get um, things to help you lessen your stress and find more joy in your life, especially for the professional woman. Um, and then I have a really special uh, offer and it's, it's, a, it's actually a, a complimentary gift um, that I'm going to give to your listeners. Uh, they, it is limited, so it's first come, first serve, but I will serve as many people as I can. Um, because as Sandy mentioned, I am an empowerment uh, life coach and I'm a life strategist. Um, and if you want that support, if you want that help, um, I am, I'm giving a complimentary gift and thank you to Sandy and Donnie and their show is you've got this with God leading the way. Well, I want to hold your hand and I want to help you get to where you want to go um, in life. And I want to help you lessen your stress and, and, and live more of life with ease and peace. So because of that, um, just, just, you know, for you guys, I am offering a 45 minute to an hour. Um, it's, it's a pack. It's a package that I usually sell for $500 and I'm going to give it away today. It is a one-on-one uh, -on -one session with me, and it's a rapid results resilience session. So all they, all they have to do is go to my website, or actually, no, um, sorry, the website is for the PDF download, the e-report, but the um, gift, what they have to do is go to Laura Beth, so L-A-U-R-A-B-E-T-H, at, and then cheerfulhearts.com. So that's my email address. And what I want them to do is type resilience gift and then tell me a little bit about what it is, you know, even just a couple sentences and I'll get back with you and we'll schedule your complimentary um, uh, strategy session to help really give you some clarity, some structure, some inspiration and motivation and just make you uh, realize that you can become unstoppable in your life. And we'll put those instructions on our website as well, so you can definitely find her. And is there any more uh, uh, key factors that you would like to tell our audience today that you have well, already told? Well, I would just like to close with this. Um, the, the three points, I'm going to just, just reiterate them again, because repetition helps our mind, right, and our heart and our soul. So the three keys, the main three keys are reaching out for support then mindset, working on our mindset. And then the third is gratitude. If you do these three things, I promise you, you will become resilient. You will overcome your challenges and you will be stronger in the Lord than ever before. That is awesome to hear. Now in closing, would you like to let, uh, end, uh, would you like to, uh, do you need anything else, honey? No, no. Uh, would you like to close this out in prayer? You'd like me to go ahead and do that? Certainly. Okay. Um, dear Lord, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity to come over the airways with Donnie and Sandy to connect with other believers um, or even non-believers. You love us all, Lord. You love every one of us. And 
you don't promise us that this life is going to be without um, tribulation. In fact, you promise us that there will be trials and tribulations, um, but that you will sustain us and you will help us to overcome. So I pray that whomever is out there right now, that they would be encouraged by this message, that they, you would, whatever point that you want them to get, that it would resonate with their heart, that you would speak to their hearts, to their minds, to their souls, and that they would feel hopeful and encouraged. And Lord, give them the strength to overcome whatever obstacle is in their life. In Jesus' name. Thank Amen. you so much. And you said this is a limited time offer. So do you have a date? Because um, when I put the description of this show on when I, you know, when we load it, um, I want to put this, your information on there as well, if you don't mind your email. And so sure. limited time, give me a date that they have to. Well, I'm on. not because I know people will be listening to this podcast. Maybe someone will listen to it six months down the road. Right. You don't know. Um, so I'm going to say it's 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 limited to my openings. So you can reach out to me. And if I have openings, then I'm going to and you tell me that it was from this podcast and, and my special offer for that package of my resilience um, session. If they do that, then um, I'm going to do my very best to get them on the calendar and give them that free session, complimentary session. That is wonderful. Um, I hope, listeners, that you really did get a lot out of this because I know firsthand from seeing her, she has been through a lot. And to see her from being in a wheelchair to days where she is walking, this she is a walking and living miracle. So if you wonder if miracles still happen, <laughs> they do. She is a living miracle. And she really has uh, the wisdom that comes from experience and walking with the Lord and not giving up on him. She has that experience um, to be able to help you. She is a wonderful life coach and not to mention her Christian uh, cheerful hearts uh, greeting cards line. They are awesome. Um, Thank you. And even on uh, the, uh, her, her uh, pictures, she has framed pictures that she has from the poems that she wrote while she was bedridden. And they, they, you can get them as a print. You can get them as um, in a frame. And so please check out her uh, website, cheerfulhearts.com. Yeah, Thank you for uh, that, Sandy. And you can also find all this information out on our website at yournewlifeministries.org. And also, people, don't forget, Sandy has got a new book in production. It's called The Train Ride. It should be published by September, October. It's going to be published to a brand new publisher we're just starting out with called Christian Faith Publishing. So check that out and all of our other personal author books on our website at yournewlifeministries.org and you'll see the instructions for Laura Best's awesome giveaway on our website as well. All right, uh, and, and in closing, you have anything you want to say, honey? You know you got this when you let God lead the way. Exactly. Amen, oh, amen, and amen. Well, have a blessed day, Laura Beth, and thank you so much for joining us today. And hopefully our listeners got a lot out of what you had to say today. And thank you guys for having me. It was really a pleasure to talk to you both. And we'll hope that we hope to see you soon, Laura Beth. A a yeah. Yes, I would like that. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right. God bless.